Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Jesse. Morning, Edwin. I am so excited to have you here. I know everyone who's been listening to Text Talk heard about this announcement that you're going to be with us this week. They have just been waiting with bated breath for you to join us. That's great. That's great. <laughs> so just for regular Text Talk listeners to know, Jesse and I are going to be having a conversation. Andrew is sitting off to the side as he is working with Jesse Martin this summer trying to help consider some ideas of preaching and whether preaching is where he wants to spend his life, uh, his his work for the rest of his life. He's trying to make some decisions about that. So he's been preaching some sermons for us, teaching in classes, meeting with people as we've been having Bible studies. And we thought it'd be great, Jesse, for you to be involved in this conversation about the Psalms. So are you excited to kick this off? Let's get into it. All right. So Psalm 45 is where we are. I know you have a translation you like to use. If you want to go ahead and read that, let us know what it is and Go ahead and read the psalm. Yeah, so let, we're going to be reading out of the Net Bible uh, this Tuesday. And in Psalm 45, and let's start in verse 1 right here. It says, My heart is stirred by a beautiful song. I say, I have composed this special song for the king. My tongue is as skilled as the stylus of an experienced scribe. You are the most handsome of all men. You speak in an impressive and fitting manner. For this reason, God grants you continual blessings. Strap your sword to your thigh, O warrior. Appear in your majestic splendor. Appear in your majesty and be victorious. Ride forth for the sake of what is right, on behalf of justice. Then your right hand will accomplish mighty acts. Your arrows are sharp and penetrate the hearts of the king's enemies. Nations fall at your feet. Your throne, O God, is permanent. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. For this reason, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of joy elevating you above your companions. All your garments are perfumed with myrrh, aloes, and cassia. From the luxurious palaces comes the music of stringed instruments that makes you happy. Princesses are among your honored guests. Your bride stands at your right hand, wearing jewelry made with gold from Ophir. Listen, O princess. Observe and pay attention. Forget your homeland and your family. Then the king will be attracted by your beauty. After all, he is your master. Submit to him. Rich people from Tyre will seek your favor by bringing a gift. The princess looks absolutely magnificent, decked out in pearls and clothes and a brocade trimmed with gold. In embroidered robes, she is escorted to the king. Her attendants, the maidens of honor who follow her, are led before you. They are bubbling with joy as they walk in procession and enter the royal palace. Your sons will carry on the dynasty of your ancestors. You will make them princes throughout the land. I will proclaim your greatness through the coming years. Then the nations will praise you forever. Yesterday, when Andrew and I were talking, Jesse, we recognized this as a song of a wedding. We highlighted the fact that God blesses marriage. As shocking as it is in the midst of all these other psalms, we have laments, we have praises, we have requests, we have pleading. Here we have this praise of marriage, a praise of a wedding, a wedding song, almost almost lifting up the wedding ceremony here between the king and his bride, almost to that level of worship itself as we have this inspired song to be brought in there. Now, I, Jesse, I, I'm not sure how often you followed our instruction to listen to text talk. But if you have it all, you know that Friday we often say is 
always Good Friday on Text Talk because it always that's that's when we find Jesus in the Psalm. But this one is very particularly because of its uniqueness. I, I think this song is mainly about Jesus. And while we see that recognition of the wedding and the marriage, we need to immediately jump to this praise of the royal king, the son of God. And ultimately, we're going to see the fulfillment of that as Jesus. What are your first thoughts when you hear me say that? Well, my first thought is that these royal psalms, of which there's you know a couple in the Psalter, they really just can't help themselves but to be about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, psalm 2, Psalm 89... Uh, uh, one one more there, a hundred and some odd, hundred and ten, hundred and ten. <laughs> they, they they just can't help themselves but be about Jesus because he is the royalty that these people that would have first heard the psalm are actually looking for when they're looking at the their actual kings. I like the way you say that. They just can't help themselves. They just can't help themselves but point us to Jesus. That's probably why we find these royalty psalms quoted by our New Testament authors repeatedly. And this one is no exception. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse 8, but of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Here, the Hebrew writer is letting us know that this song about a wedding, this song about a marriage, this song lifting up a king as his bride is being brought to him and presented to him is actually about ultimately fulfilled in the king, the Messiah, the son of God, and that's Jesus. Uh, As you're you're learning about that, Jesse, you're seeing this connection as it's being quoted here in Hebrews. I'm just going to throw it back to you. I want to hear what you're getting out of that. The first thing I think that I would I would highlight is that the the author in Hebrews is is making these connections between a a, a bunch of different Old Testament passages. Yes. And so there's there's this whole patchwork of pieces in the Old Testament. And this psalm is just one of those things that he's pulling together to say, okay, so God's been telling you guys about this the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh things like uh you are my son, today I have uh, a father to you, quoting that. Uh, let all the angels of God worship him. Uh, the author of Hebrews is compiling a bunch of different things and saying, this is this is where it, where, where it started, this is where it went, and now we're here. We've got a theme presented throughout Scripture. We're going to go from Psalm 2 to Psalm 110. We've even got a reference to 1 Samuel chapter 7, or excuse me, 2 Samuel chapter 7, when God makes his covenant with David as he's talking about Solomon himself. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And this, this setting up of the kings of Israel as this representative of God on the earth as his son the one that he has blessed. All the way back in Psalm 2, you you weren't here with us when we covered Psalm 2, Jesse, but Psalm 2 was fascinating as God talks to all the other kings. And he says to all the other kings, look, I have my king. I have my king, my son. I'm setting him on my holy hill. You need to 
kiss the son. You need to give your submission to the son. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Does that remind you of anything in Jesus' life, just hearing that statement, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased? Well, yeah, after Jesus is baptized, right? Absolutely. So the entire ministry of Jesus gets kicked off with this declaration of, hey, you remember Psalm 2? That's my son. Mm-hmm. Here we come to Hebrews chapter 1, and basically the Hebrew writer is saying, you remember Psalm 45? That's my son. And then he gets to, you remember Psalm 110? That's my son. That's Jesus. This is the one who has come into the world. And he highlights that we have these angelic beings, we have these messengers, we have these spiritual beings that we've read about throughout Scripture, which oftentimes, interestingly enough, are referred to even by a word that it's shocking to me when I find it out, is in the Old Testament, it's often the word Elohim to refer to these angelic beings, which we often think that's just a reference to God, but we have these spiritual beings. But he says, here is the Son that is above this, though for a little while he was made a little lower than this. But in the end, all of these angelic beings, what are they supposed to do? Well, I mean, they're they're supposed to worship him and minister him. And so what are we supposed to do? The same. Yeah, we are supposed to worship the Son. We are supposed to lift up the Son. We are supposed to praise the Son. We get back to our psalm, Psalm 45, and we see this king who who has a bride that is being brought to him. And, and what a wonderful picture we have of this son. Verse 2. Great, you're, you're the most handsome of the sons of men. Now, that's a little shocking when we think about Jesus, at least the way he's presented to us most of the time, because most of the time when we think about Jesus, we think about Isaiah 53, which said what about him? You know, he had no form so as to behold of him. Yeah. So perhaps what we need to understand is that some of these descriptions of physical beauty or lack thereof were poetic and rhetorical and making a spiritual point. Because on the one hand, we've got, he's got no former majesty that anybody would think. And so folks say, oh, well, we know Jesus must have been actually kind of an ugly fella. But, but then we have, you are the most handsome of the sons of men. Maybe Jesus was a pretty good looking fella. Or, or maybe we're making rhetorical spiritual points. In Isaiah 53, we're describing the fact that this is a fella who gets nailed to a cross. And it doesn't matter if physically pleasing and handsome or actually kind of disturbingly ugly. When you got a guy nailed to a cross, that's no former majesty that we're going to be bowing before. And yet at the same time, who is he actually? The Son of God and the most handsome of all men. He is the one that should be lifted up and honored. The next thing it says about him is grace is poured upon your lips. What do you think that, in reference to Jesus, how would that apply? Well, for for me, I think it's that by his lips and by his words, he brought grace to people. Um, you know, I, I kind of reminds me of the thief on the cross. Okay. That he received grace by the lips of Jesus, by Jesus's words mm. is how he received that salvation. Today you will be with me yes. in paradise yes. as he heard that. John begins his gospel by pointing out that uh, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ, through the Son, the, the Word of God. And then the last thing there in verse 2, therefore God has blessed you forever. Because this is who you are, God has blessed you forever. When you're hearing that, what is, and, and you're thinking of Jesus as the ultimate son, what are you getting from that? Well, those continual blessings are, are something that extended 
kind of through a promise framework, right? So Abraham was granted continual blessings because of what would come through him. Mm. Uh, Kings were granted blessings because of what would come through them. And so finally, Jesus has come, and the blessings that came through Abraham, through the kings, now goes through him to us. I want to jump down to verse six because I think it ties together to what you just said and what we're seeing in the in at the end of verse two. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And it goes on and talks about his robes. So we're seeing that promise there, that forever kind of promise, that forever blessing. Go ahead and give us some final comments here about this blessing in Jesus that you're seeing from these verses. Well, when, when God was blessing the, the, the patriarchs of the Old Testament and the kings, usually the blessings were physical. But for us, the blessings are more than that. The blessings are grace and peace from God the Father, like we might read about in Philippians. Mm. The blessings that we can find in Christ surpass the riches that are explained in this psalm. The luxurious palaces, the mirror, the aloes, the cassia, uh jewelry made with gold from Ophir. These are all great things, blessings, but they pale in comparison to what we have Mm. through Christ. And so his kingdom is forever and ever. His righteousness continues on. His throne goes on forever and ever. And we today, thousands of years later, continue to surrender, to kiss the Son, to bow to him. What an amazing amazing king we have. What a beautiful groom in this psalm. Hey, we're so thankful that you're able to catch Text Talk this week. So thankful that we finally got to introduce Jesse Martin to you. He's going to be dropping in over the next few weeks multiple times. Excited to have him here working with us. Uh, We'd love to know what you're thinking, what you're learning from Scripture, whether it's here in the Psalms or whatever you're reading. You can email us at texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Jesse, would you wrap us up with a prayer, please? Sure, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we've had today, time to study your word and look at Psalm 45 and learn about the plans you had for your son and the plans you you set in place for us to bless us through him. Lord, we thank you for him. We thank you for his kingship. And we look forward to seeing him soon. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.